Hi, I'm Sean Lukasik, and you're listening to the Secrets in Service podcast, nonprofit stories from the Southern Finger Lakes. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Arbor Housing and Development, for making this possible, and the Corning Area Chamber of Commerce Nonprofit Roundtable for pulling this whole project together. The music you're hearing was recorded and provided by the Orchestra of the Southern Finger Lakes. Today's guest is Brian Wisenhunt. Brian is the executive director of the Rockwell Museum, and he's the newest president of the Museum Association of New York. Brian and I talk all about his career. We go back into some of the early days of his career, some of his early inspirations, um, and what makes this community here in the Southern Finger Lakes such a good fit for Brian. I'm really excited to share this conversation with you. Thank you so much for listening to Secrets in Service. Brian, thank you for joining me and uh, talking on the podcast um, a little bit about your career and about the Rockwell Museum in Corning. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Sean. So um, I'm pretty familiar with the Rockwell Museum, and I think a lot of people are. It's just in a really noticeable and beautiful building, first and foremost. But um, for those of, uh, those of us that maybe are not quite as familiar with the museum and um, its goals in, in terms of the art that it collects and the stories that are told. Um, can you give people a little bit of a, a background and, and maybe talk about um, your mission being about like, you know, sharing the American experience? Sure. The Rockwell Museum is an American collection and um, we've been in service for over 40 years, almost 50 years, in fact, in the Corning community and the greater uh, region as well. And uh, the basis of our collection is from uh, Bob and Hertha Rockwell, and they collected American art that was centered in the West because uh, Bob was just enamored of that history and the stories and the mythology and the landscape because that's where he was from. Um, and so what we've been working on the last few years is expanding on that collection and really trying to uh, contextualize it within the broader story of American art. But I think one of the challenges of being an American art collection is that there is, of course, this canon and so many museums uh, work in service to that canon. And we are not really interested in that per se. It's not that we're not interested in um, the art history or the art or the artist, but we're really more interested in the experience and perspective that those artists are conveying. And so it's really uh, shifted in the last few years to be art about the American experience. And that means that we try to bring a lot more diversity to our galleries as far as the, the people that are represented and the perspectives that they're sharing in hopes that our visitors um, begin to see uh, the, a more expansive view of the United States mm -hmm. and the people who have lived here and our history. Mm -hmm. And we have a pretty much um, kind of a standard mission that's very much like a lot of museums as far as collecting and sharing exhibitions. And, you know, the, our mission is our purpose and the work that we do, but we really put a lot more stock into our vision. And the difference in that for us, as far as you know, how we designate vision versus mission, is that vision is the, is the change that we want to make in the world. Mm -hmm. And so we're very much focus on that and what we hope to do for our visitors and the people who come to our programs and lectures and events and activities is that they understand uh, American history a little different through these perspectives that we're sharing and that they understand that 
there's not one way or two ways to be an American. There is a way represented by each of us mm -hmm. that's informed by our histories, uh, our culture, our background, our lived experiences, uh, and that and that that understanding of not just of self but of of each other really promotes empathy and understanding for one another. So we really see that as our ultimate goal. And we want to do that through really invigorating programs and interactives, uh, definitely not trying to make it a dull sort of civics lesson, but rather right. something that is invigorating, that, that makes people really uh, feel excited about uh, what they're learning and, and what they're thinking about when they come to the museum. Yeah, and when you talk about it, I mean, your passion for it definitely shines through and I've seen a lot of the work and relationships that you've built in the community personally as well. And I, I know your passion for the museum and for the collection. Um, and uh, I know, you know, your background is your career is very impressive leading up to uh, becoming the executive director at the Rockwell Museum. But I'm curious about what um, drew you to to the Southern Finger Lakes and to the Rockwell mm. Museum and, um, you know, without having like a ton of connections up in this area, um, what drew you to, to want to take this on? Sure. That's a great question. This isn't being recorded, right? <laughs> no, definitely not. We're not going to, we're <laughs> not going to share. Us, yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it's sort of interesting because, you know, my last museum, I had uh, been there for a while and we had just celebrated the museum's 50th anniversary. We completed a renovation of our art museum. It was a pretty big project. And it was one of those moments where a lot of things just kind of came to a conclusion. Uh, and there was definitely more work to do and things I could pick up as far as the next step uh, in my work there. But it felt like a moment where I was thinking, you know, I could um, pursue something else and maybe I should see what is out there. And I saw the position listing for the Rockwell Museum and our you know, trade listings. And I looked at uh, Corning New York online and <laughs> on Wikipedia and like looked at all the data. And I was like, wow, I can't live there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, this is not this is not a listing for me. And, and so um, so I didn't apply for it. And then I got a call, as happens in, in the field, um, from Michael Duty, who uh, was the executive director of the museum in the 80s and was conducting the search. And of course, you, know, you take those calls because you want to make that connection, that networking uh, and get that networking. But I also had another connection to Michael and that his wife, Laura, was the executive director of a foundation that funded my previous organization. Mm -hmm. so I yeah. had to take the call for a couple of reasons. Yeah. And, and so, um, I, and I even, I recall, I even took the, the call in my car because it was like in between a couple of things. And I was just, you know, I thought this is going to be really quick and it ended up being a really long conversation. And Michael, uh, by the time I got off of that call, Michael uh, really helped me understand what was here, what was happening, what the potential was for the museum and the community. And I just became very excited about the opportunity. And personally, you know, my background and experience is in museum education, interpretation, and community development. Mm -hmm. And so that's still the lens uh, through which I work. And at my last two museums that I've led, you know, I've had to uh, really illustrate how, how activating those parts of the museum's work and mission will, will grow its impact will gr and ultimately grow attendance and membership and all of those things. But I'm always looking more at like, what can we do? And then seeing that attendance growth and that membership growth and, and that as, um, as a result of it, rather than aiming for attendance growth or aiming for membership growth. Mm -hmm. um, and, 
and at those other organizations, you know, that was proven. Like we did those things, we we grew, um, we deepened our connection with our community, uh, but it was a lot of work to get people to that moment where they're like, yeah, we see this is this is a way to pursue um, that those goals. And but the Rockwell, you know, education, community engagement, all of those things are part of our DNA. It's something yeah. the museum has been doing long before I arrived, and so I just felt like. I'm going to be able to step into this uh, role and to join this team. And they already believe the, the same things that I believe and the importance of community engagement and the importance of, uh, of, of interpretation, the importance of programming. Um, so I felt like, you know, this is a great opportunity because I'm very much in alignment with, with how the museum has been operating and, and we can just move forward mm-hmm. and build on that. So that was really the appeal for me was that I felt that the Rockwell Museum and the mission and the work it had done for so long uh, was exactly the, the work that I wanted to be doing and had been doing. Uh, and I wouldn't have to convince anyone that it was, you know, the way we should go. They already right. believed it. Right. So. Um, one of the things that I'm not sure you're aware of in New York State in general is that when you are recording something, only one person has to be aware of it. So I totally recorded that whole answer. Uh, and I'm just letting you know <laughs> as a courtesy. Yeah, I know. I was just <laughs> <laughs> um, no, going to get very real about my uh, oh, of course. You know, the fact that I didn't apply for the job. So it was just sort of, yeah, intended as a joke. But uh, well, no. But, yeah. and, and I mean, it's it's clear that it was ultimately a really good fit for you and definitely for us here in the community. Um, and you know, one of the things that just made it clear recently is you're now uh, the president of the board for the Museum of Association of New York, which I saw just yes. happened last month. So congratulations yeah. on Thank that. You. Um, and, you know, I'm curious, you're, you're obviously passionate about the work that you do and just trying to build those connections and, and that experience, um, both mm-hmm. for yourself, for your staff, for, you know, the community that you serve. Um and uh, I'm curious about, like, to you, what part of your work is most meaningful? Because you're getting pulled, obviously, in lots of different directions, and just because you have so many interests and passions around the work, um, what part of it is most meaningful to you? I think, I mean, it's hard to say. There's so much, so many different types yeah. of work that I do, but it's something I think about. I mean, this is a question I think about a lot. Um, as far as, uh, you know, what, what's the most important, what, what, what's the, the impact I can have on the organization as executive director? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, where is, um, where are we going next and, and how am I contributing to that? So I think, you know, thinking about like my, my work at the Rockwell, my work in the community, my work with the Museum Association of New York, Honestly, the most um, meaningful thing to me is connections. Mm. And that, you know, first and foremost is helping people connect with works of art and to understand that they have uh, the agency and the perspective to bring their own uh, understanding and interpretation to that. Um, Connecting our community with this museum and the work that we're doing, both as uh, participants and also supporters of it. Mm. And then just connecting people uh, all over the the country, you know, one of one of my favorite things to do is connect colleagues that don't know one another. I had recently had a colleague from here at, in Corning, New York, who uh, relocated to Chicago to take a job with the Chicago Art Institute, and I've known the the woman who is the director of interpretation of the Chicago Art Institute since she was in high school, and yeah. it was a great pleasure to introduce the two of them and to connect them. 
Uh, and to me, that's like, you know, one of, one of the best things I can do is to, uh, to help people do their work in a more meaningful way by connecting with someone who can support it or who can contribute to it. Uh, so for me, it's, it's regardless of you're talking about the art or the organization or the people around me, it's all about making that connection. Yeah. Well, and you know, this is the, the next question is one that I've asked on every episode of secrets and service so far, um, which is, uh, you know, who has been the most important or impactful connection for you in the community. Mm -hmm. And I, I just knowing you and knowing that you're, you are such a connector and everything that you just talked about and, and that you do have so many connections in the end. Well, for lack of a better term, in the industry, in the sure. museum world, um, all around the country and parts of the world. Um, who has been that most impactful connection uh, for you um, so far in your career? In here in, in this community? Well, or? not necessarily. I mean, I mean, okay. that's, you know, some people have answered it that way, but I, I think it's, you know, when you think of an entire career Mm -hmm. arc um you know sure. and and where you are so far um i'm really curious about how you would answer that just looking at it sort of as a whole mm. that it's hard there have been so many people <laughs> and there are so many people who influence me and who influence my thinking and and um my career so it's challenging and i think you know i one i was talking to someone about this recently and i you know often we think of people who are older than us as being the ones who are our mentors or the people who inspire us. Mm -hmm. uh, but for me, it's, it's really been both. Of course, I have people who are older than me and who are in my peer group, but I also have a lot of younger people that I've been able to work with who have gone on uh, past our work to, to have you know, really amazing careers that I find really inspirational. And I love you know, seeing the work that they do. And it's something that's very meaningful to me. Uh, I think, you know, it's, it's, um, it's hard to say. I think, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to say someone and then everyone else. This, this yeah, happened of course. Of you. Like I said, a couple of people and I admitted someone and that person was like, call me out on it. Like, hey, what about all that I did for you? <laughs> so I feel like a little gun shy in naming a name. But, sure. you know, I, I don't want to sound like this is a Academy Awards or anything, but I feel like the the biggest impact on on my career and the work that I've done uh, has has been my parents, mm -hmm. um, and you know for various reasons. And I think you know neither of my parents are uh, particularly interested in arts and culture, and but they have always supported my interests even as a young person. You know, I you know, basically was born with a pencil in my hand and started drawing at a very early age, and so I was always interested in art and art making and seeing art and understanding what artists were thinking about. Uh, and so they always encouraged that. And so I went to, to programming and went to museums as a young person. They took me to those things, even though it wasn't necessarily something that they pursued. Mm -hmm. And I've told the story repeatedly. So uh, but it's it's very much you know a touchstone for me in that uh, when I was in middle school, you know, we were in the process of, of thinking about careers and studying what and thinking about what we would be when we grew up and doing all those sort of testings of, to find out where your your acuity was. Uh, so, you know, that is, it has happened at that moment. 
there was a major exhibition in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I grew up at Philbrook. It was the Arm and Hammer collection. And it was touring the country at that time. And people were literally standing, there were lines outside of museums uh, around the country to see this collection because it is Rembrandt and um, you know all these old masters and just like phenomenal work. And so it came to, to Tulsa, to the Philbrook Museum of Art, which was one of my childhood museums. And they hosted a series of events and uh, evening events. And one of them was for uh, administrators for the public schools. And my father uh, was an administrator for Tulsa Public Schools and he was invited. And rather than uh, take my mother, which would have been the conventional choice, <laughs> he invited me to go. And we went to this museum opening in the evening and it kind of opened up this world to me that I didn't really un know existed as far yeah. as Sure, I've been to museums, I've seen exhibitions, but I didn't understand the role that people played in making that happen and that this was work that people were doing. And uh, it was just really eye-opening. And I, you know, my father and I walked through this exhibition. I remember specific works that we looked at and talked about. There was one uh, that was depicting uh, Salome from the late 19th century. We had a lot of conversation around that. Um, and so for me, it's just like this, this touchstone of, you know, why... I pursued this career and, um, you know, the inspiration I got from that, that, mm -hmm. that experience, uh, that I hope, you know, everyone gets from their museum experience and maybe they don't go on to pursue a career in museums, but, sure. you know, I want, I want the museum experience to do something for people. I want it to move them in some way, whether that is physically, emotionally, intellectually, uh, because that's what I get out of it. Awesome. Everyone else to share that. Yeah, I love that story. And I, and I hope, you know, even people who aren't in your shoes, but maybe in the shoes of a parent, think about that as well. Like, what are these opportunities that these dinners and things that I go to all the time, maybe I can take my right. kids instead. Absolutely. I love that. It's like, you don't know, you know, when you're a young person, you don't know uh, what, what some of the opportunities are and what some of these worlds are like so just right. exposure to the the possibility of of these different avenues these different ways to navigate um your career yeah well um that's a question like i said that i i ask uh, in every episode but i want to ask you a question that i have not asked of anyone yet um, okay and uh this is because i know it's something you're really good at so uh i want to ask um about the things that you do to kind of keep yourself um, balanced, you know, because again, you're pulled in so many different directions, whether it's donors, the board, your staff, um, your volunteer efforts, um, just hanging out with friends in the community and all mm -hmm. that. I'm curious about the things that you do for yourself and, and the time that you take for yourself in order to maintain that energy and, and everything else you do around the community. Um, I know, for example, you're a runner. Um, I know <laughs> that you're a foodie, uh, but um, but yeah, talk about some of those things that you do. You know, just to just to keep yourself balanced. Yeah, I think there's a lot of different things I do. I like to run, although I haven't been doing a lot of it lately. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping to get back on it. Um, and of course, you know, connecting with people is very important to me. Uh, we love my husband Mitchell and I love to entertain and to share a space with friends and with family. I think the most important thing that I do 
for myself on a regular basis is cooking. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you said I'm a foodie. I really, I, you know, I love going out to eat. I love like looking at recipes, but I just really love preparing food. And I read, I was reading a novel recently and it said that uh, cooking is something creative you can enjoy immediately. Yeah. And I really yeah. appreciated that, that, you know, it, it, is uh, it is something that is stimulating to do, uh, but it's also something that it has a result that's very enjoyable. And for me, it's like even if I've had a super stressful day and just been full of meetings, going home uh, and preparing a meal is something that's very meditative. It, it helps me to kind of reset a little bit, and it's it's something that's very important to me. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you're really good at it, I have to say. <laughs> well, thank um, you. As someone who has benefited from you having that life skill uh, and and the hosting that you mentioned, you're really good at it. Um, and yeah, I love that. I, I love cooking for the same reason. It, it has a beginning and an end. Uh, right. It has a pretty short timeline relative to other creative ventures and things. Um, and you get to enjoy the results immediately. It, that's yeah. that's really well put. Yeah. And, and it's also important to me for personal reasons, because um, my husband grew up food and insec- food insecure. Mm-hmm. And so taking care of him in that way is very important to me. So yeah. it's very much it's rooted in my own caring for myself, but also for my household, my family, uh, for very significant reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, um, we're kind of wrapping up, but is there anything sure. else that you, you want to add or, or mention um, either about, you know, your, your career and experience or the Rockwell Museum specifically? Sure. I'll mention, you know, one other thing that just is something that's been on my mind recently is that I'm, I'm entering uncharted territory. So oh. I will have completed five and a half years at the Rockwell at the end of this month. And that is the the longest tenure I've had at a job, not oh, with an wow. organization. So I've worked at other organizations in various positions for longer, but uh, the longest time I've held one position. And so it's really um, causing, encouraging me to really to have, um, it's like encouraging a lot of introspection and yeah. really thinking about uh, what that means and what being in this next space uh, is going to be like and uh, how it's going to impact my role and my leadership for the Rockwell Museum. And we're, we're kind of in this period of experimentation and, and again, with how we run our organization and part of it's inspired by that because uh, I am stepping back a little bit from some of the, the work that I do with the team mm-hmm. and trying to give them some more space. And I think it's sort of a natural evolution of my time and tenure, but something I'm trying to bring a lot of attention to. Um, so, so I thought I'd share that. Awesome. Well. If I may speak speak on behalf of the entire community, <laughs> um, which of course I have the authority to do of so, uh, um, we're really lucky and grateful that this is the place where you've so far had your your longest uh, position, Thank held your you. longest position. That's very awesome. I feel very lucky and grateful as well. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking the time to have this conversation as well. Um, and uh, I'm definitely looking looking forward to uh, the next meal that you prepare. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Brian. And thank you so much for listening to Secrets in Service, nonprofit stories from the Southern Finger Lakes. This podcast is made possible by Arbor Housing and Development and by the Corning Area Chamber of Commerce Nonprofit Roundtable. You can learn more on our website at secretsinservice.org 
or follow along on our Facebook page at Secrets in Service. Until the next episode, thanks so much for listening.